This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I suspect that most of our Invest Talk listeners live in areas not greatly affected by Hurricane Florence. Now, with that said, we surely do have you know regular listeners that live on the East Coast and are affected by North and South Carolina's big hurricane that's bearing down them. Thank goodness it got marked down to a two from a five. I mean, there are 10 million people in the path of this huge hurricane. It's huge. And five states have declared a state emergency. So I want to wish them good luck and make sure you keep safe. But it's going to be a mess. It's going to... They, the estimate is, even though it is a, is a Category 2, it's, the damage is going to be worse than Katrina. So how do stock markets react to bad hurricanes? That's going to be one of my talking points today, by the way. Go back and look at some hurricanes. Life goes on, so show must the show. So we're going to do the show. You turned in for Invest Talk and financial news and strategies, right? Well, we're, we're up for the task. We're going to do it. So let's go ahead and get started. Here are some of the interesting financial investment headlines we saw this morning. Mortgage rates hit a six-week high with the housing market at crossroads. I'm going to talk about that in one of the talking points, too. I want to explore that. New York replaces London as top global financial center. Well, you know why? Because of Brexit. Because it used to be London when they were part of the EU. Now they're not. That's really food for thought. I mean, should they break away? I'm gonna, I've got a plan. I, I, I've got a lot planned for discussion today. Time permitting, we'll do our best to roll through all of those points that we're going to talk about. And in today's so-called top of the show story, a fascinating look back to our recent market past. And for investors, there is a clear lesson in this story. We're going to talk about that. Here's a question, which I will answer in just a few minutes. If you had invested in the stock market the day before the failure of Lehman Brothers, do you remember Lehman Brothers? It's a company that was around for over 100 years or so. In 2008, it fell, it collapsed, right? And so if you were in the stock market the day before the Ferry Lehman Brothers and you stayed in the market, would the value of your investments be up? And if they are, how much? We'll talk about that. I'm going to give that information up. But first, let's find out what questions our listeners have. Because, you know, they uh, we let them call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's a call that came in early on our anytime listen line. Now, let's first go to a live call first. Apparently, James in Sonoma is there. How are you doing, James? I'm doing fine today. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. I thanks talk for, about thanks the for calling. Seagate Technologies today, STX. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I call up for these questions every once in a while. I'm a little mystified. It's got a, a dividend over five. Uh, Schwab gives it an A. It has plenty of money to pay the dividend, it looks like, uh, but they last uh, last year they didn't increase their dividend, uh, which is sort of strange because they've done that every year. Uh, and I don't see why Schwab gives it an A other than, I mean, it seems like it has plenty of money to pay the dividend, so I'm just sort of mystified. Is there something I don't see? Well, they do have plenty of money to pay the dividend. They're going to earn plenty of money to keep paying the dividend. Uh, but it looks like their earnings have topped out 
are going to top out in their fiscal year 2019. In other words, their earnings are going to be $6.24 in their fiscal year 2019, which I think is already in, you know, that fiscal year means they're, you know, that, that that's what this year, their year in is their 2019. 2020, though, their earnings are going to go down a little bit. So maybe they're just being cautious, and they do have a lot of debt, a lot, James. So because they bought some, you know, they bought some competitors, they've done some certain things, and so their debt is really high. Even though a stock at forty-eight dollars a share, and they're going to make six dollars and seven cents next year, and they're paying a five percent dividend. That's only two dollars, you know, two dollars and forty cents or so, and they're making six. So they have plenty of room to increase their dividend, James. They just are so my, being my cautious, question you, My question to you, Steve, is why is Schwab, uh, why, with all that, that huge debt, I saw that, why is Schwab giving it a, a, a buy signal, an A? I think it gives it an A on their, on their little scale. On A as for the stock or the bonds? Or, you know, maybe no, for the stock? No, it's for the stock. It gives it, you know, A, buy, yeah. B, buy, or hold, right. B, hold. You know, you know how these things work these big companies probably because probably because it's a low pe it's a 48 dollars stock going to make six bucks that's eight an eight pe and the five-year range is seven to 16 so it's a very low pe and it has a very good return on equity of seven of 106 percent that's huge so it's making a lot of money it's just got it's one little red flag is that debt and that's why they rate it very high because it's a really solid company you know, well, would you, is it, Remember, is it, would you gonna, buy it at this? I think it's like $60 or something like that. I think this is a good price to buy. It, no, it's at, Seagate's at $48.21 today. Uh, it is a good price. Let's see. I might wait another couple of weeks before I step in to see if it's you know put in a bottom. I would like to see it pop up above uh, $52.00. But by then, that's four. That's just five percent from you know, for six, seven, eight, eight percent from here. So I think you just want to wait for it to recover a little bit. I mean, uh, I think it was down today, wasn't it? Yeah, it was down two and a half percent today. So I think you wait until you make sure it's in having a bottom. But yeah, James, you buy this thing because that dividend's pretty solid, five percent. Thanks for the call, James. Appreciate it. September fifteenth. 2008 is a date that will live in infamy for millions of investors. Remember September 15, 2008? That was the day that financial services firm Lehman Brothers collapsed. It remains the largest bankruptcy filing in U.S. history, with Lehman holding over $600 billion in assets. So here's a company. $600 billion in assets, and it still went bankrupt. So if you had invested in the stock market the day before the failure of Lehman Brothers and you had stayed in the market, would the value of those investments be up? And if so, how much? Now, we found the story at uh, CNBC.com, by the way. And before I answer, let me review some of the facts. Lehman Brothers' failure shook the economy to its core back in 2008. We know what happened after that. Buying on the eve of Lehman crash would have left an investor underwater even three years later. A 60-40 stock bond portfolio has returned 8% in the last 10 years. Just 8%. 8. Not very good, huh? See, everybody looks at, well, what about the day after? And then they count from there. What about the day before? 
So there is, there's your answer. The de decade-long Lehman Brothers collapse, the S&P is up 130%. So if, the, if you stayed in the S&P 500 and not a 60-40 stock bond portfolio, you would be up much better. Much better. Okay, and that's because of an annual return of 11%. By the way, that's very odd. That's too high. Just so you know, that's way out of norms. Way out of norm. So the S&P is up 130% over the past 10 years. But if you had a balanced portfolio between bonds and stocks, 60-40, you're only up 8 in the last 10 years. Isn't that amazing how that works out? Anyways, that's according to uh, CNBC.com. Okay? So... What is your equity exposure? What's your stock market exposure? The lesson here, gut-wrenching trades come and go, but the successful investor over time will get ahead. I think many of you realize that, and that may be why you listen to this show, Invest Talk, on a regular basis. For those of you ready to move beyond your technical investment skill set, those of you hungry for investment, investment strategies, that can be both more secure and more profitable. That's what this show's all about. Justin and I help you. We want to help you. At KPP Financial, we have over 30 years of investing ex management experience. So your path to a smarter and more comfortable financial future begins with a phone call to our Dana Point office or an email. You can send me an email through the investtalk.com. Uh, I sometimes can't get to them the very next day. Sometimes it takes me two or three days, but I do get to my emails. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and here's a quick reminder. I will be returning to San Jose, California on October 3rd. I would be very pleased to sit down with you for a personalized portfolio view at no cost. All you have to do is register, and you can do that easily on a portfolio review page at investtalk.com. Our phone lines are open and waiting, 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. It's hard to believe, but September is almost half over. Here's a constructive idea. If you can find a few minutes to invest in learning how to improve your portfolio's performance, head over to investtalk.com. Read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And be sure to take the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. For now, Steve's here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, uh, this is the best talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and here's a quick reminder. I will be in San Jose. I want to remind you again, October 3rd. So take, you know, schedule a time to be with me. Today's featured talking point corresponds with our top show story, Looking Back in Time, we can see a cyclical pattern of stock market crashes. So we're going to go over some, I think, four of them. Now some of the other topics I want to talk about, did you see that mortgage rates? They reached a six-week high. So I'm going to, this, Freddie Mac put this out, so I want to go over, over the survey that they did. And how do stocks do in a hurricane? A big hurricane, not just a little one, but a big one that's going to hit, hit us. How do stocks do in those big hurricanes? Do, we, do they take a hit? What happens? And 5G, 
What do you know about 5G? They're rolling it out, you know. When I say they, I mean all the, the telephone companies, ATT, Verizon. Uh, they're rolling it out. What is 5G? What changes can you expect? What, do you know that 5G stands for fifth generation wireless? That's what it stands for, 5G, fifth generation. So I want to talk about that too. Those are the subjects I'm going to discuss today. But of course, you drive the show. It's what you want to talk about that drives the show. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? I mean, we can start off with uh, our talking point. When do the stock market crash throughout history? I mean, crash. What's the definition of a crash? And for their purposes in this article, this crash was 10% or more in a very short period of time. So their first one they listed was uh, first recorded stock market crash. Do you know what that was? Now, if you read the book that I've suggested on the air, and that is uh, um, about historical uh, madness of crowds, you would know this story. It's the Dutch tulip crash. This happened in 1634, by the way. 1634. Tulips were imported to Dutch, to Dutch, to, to the Dutch Empire, uh, from Turkey. So tulips came to Europe, and they were rare, and they were really unusual and very pretty, and the elite Dutch aristocrats saw them as a status symbol and prices skyrocketed from 1634 to 1637. That's three years. And when I say skyrocket, they were worth more than gold. More than gold. And of course, they crashed. U.S. stock market crashes. There's four of them, basically. Four. Now, I'm not going to get to them all, and we're going to have to take a break, but I want to get to them. There's a 1929 crash, a 1987 crash, the dot-com crash of 2000, and the Great Recession, 2008. We're going to briefly touch on each one of those. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and heading into this break, I want to remind you that Invest Talk is heard live each weekday at 4 Pacific time on radio, and also live on the internet, streaming through our investtalk.com website. So please tell your friends and family members to tune in. Please. Appreciate it. And now the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock tips into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com, $9 per month. Subscribe now and beat the coming October price increase. You are listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk, you know that, right? 888-99 chart, everybody. So what about the stock crash, cra stock crashes? Okay, this first one was a stock market crash in 1929. And that, you know why that happened? Because of the roaring 20s. The 10 years of craziness in the roaring 20s. So the market got super overvalued and everybody was way over leveraged because they thought stocks would go up forever. And back then you could borrow tons of money against your holdings and buy more holdings. There was no margin limits to that. So everybody got way over leverage. Does that sound familiar, by the way? 
So the market crashed. And one, one day it, hit, it fell 13% one day. Now it's called Black, known as Black Monday. Now you're going to say, no, 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 Black Monday was 1987. I'll get to that. The 1987 crash is known as Black Monday number two. Okay? That was October. October 18th, I think it was. Uh, so that was a bad crash. But you know, the very next day after that, market went down 20%. The Dow went down 20%. One day. One day. Think about how much 20% is on the market today. How many points is that? 5,000? I don't remember what the market is right now. Anyways, why did that happen? Well, companies were leveraged. Questionable financial tools, junk bonds, and margin accounts. And share prices boomed leading up to Black Monday. Huh. Another way over leveraged and way overpriced market. How about the dot-com? bust happened in started March March of 2000 that's when it happened okay why, why did that happen same thing mark was way over time. all those dot coms had no business model where they were gonna make money one dot com globe dot com that stock opened for trading at nine dollars a share the first trade first day trading it was $87 a share in 1998. 1998. Guess what? It's delisted now. It's not even listed. It went down to a dollar and they, they forced... Stock exchanges have minimums. Forced them to delist. Yeah. So, that, that's another. How about the, the Great Recession stock market? 2008 crash. How about that crash? What was that? It's all about leverage again. That's why Lehman Brothers went about out of business. Leverage. What does leverage mean? Simple terms, leverage is borrowing money. That's all it is. Leverage is borrowing money. You borrow, 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 borrow. You keep investing it. You borrow more, invest that. You keep investing it. But it's like a pyramid scheme. It can't sustain itself forever. But it can do it a very long time, years. But it can't sustain itself forever. What's the lesson about the market here, everybody? The lesson is when a market is way over leveraged and way overpriced, it's going to revert to its mean at some point. But no one knows when. There's no crystal ball. No one knows when. No one. Okay. Now, we get a, variety, a very wide variety of investing and finance questions on our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Let's hear one from uh, a call that came in earlier. Hi, Steve and Justin. I listen to the podcast every day, and I often hear you say one should never have more than 3 to 5% invested in one stock or fund. As a recent college graduate who is starting to invest in the stock market, how would you recommend building a portfolio? I've been saving up to a point where the commission to buy and sell the stock equals less than 1% of the total investment and then purchasing a new stock or fund at that point. So far, I have about seven different investments, which obviously total more than 5% of my portfolio each. As someone in their 20s, is this a sound strategy to start off this way? Or should I be putting everything I have into a couple of ETFs until I reach the point where I can have 20 or more individual investments with significant amounts in each? Thank you. I'll listen on the podcast. Okay. Uh, 
Three to five percent applies to stocks, not ETFs or bonds. Three percent each, three to five percent each of your portfolio. And so you can sprinkle in a few stocks uh, into a small portfolio, but you should be, small portfolios should really consist of ETFs, index ETFs, sector ETFs, uh, and a number of them. But you don't, you, you don't have to do three to five percent. You don't. I mean, you could be in the S&P 500, 100% of your portfolio, and that would be fine. So only the 3 to 5% is a, is a portfolio of stocks. Okay, that's what that is, a portfolio of stocks. And you should have 20 to 30 stocks. And obviously, that means it equates to a, a pretty decent-sized portfolio to get-go. And until you get up to that level where you can do that with a big enough portfolio, you use... ETFs and mutual funds. Okay, so let's say you really, really, really wanted to be an Apple, and uh, but you have all your money is in S and P 500. Well, I would never tell you don't ever buy Apple, but maybe just be very, very careful. Don't own too much of Apple because owning one stock ups the risk of your portfolio. Tomorrow on Invest Talk. The big players in the bear and the beer, wine, and liquor industry are betting on marijuana. But the SEC is warning investors. That story is tomorrow, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call, 888 We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Invest Talk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars, like Seeing the Cycles How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. This is InvestTalk. Please make sure you subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then listen, rate, and review. Oh, and here's a save the date reminder on October 3rd, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose to conduct personalized, no cost portfolio reviews. You can register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve will have unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, mortgage rate, six-week high. Freddie Mac uh, weekly survey said the 30-year fixed is, on average across the United States, 4.6%. 4.6%. And you know that the mortgage rate follows, the 30-year mortgage rate follows the 10-year treasury note. It goes up. Interest rates go up, it goes up. So, uh, it, 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 and that 10-year Treasury yield jumped on signs of wage growth because of the worry about inflation. And the summer selling season for housing was pretty bad. So, there really, and there doesn't look like any, you know, it looks like the market, housing market is kind of stuck. I don't see any relief coming forward. Not, not now. And what's really weird 
is that there really is no sign of inflation. Did you see the PPI, which is Producer Price Index Inflation Report, and then the CPI, uh, the PPI producer level, it went down one-tenth of one percent last month. Down, not up. Inflation wasn't increasing. The PPI did go up two-tenths, but the core PPI only went up one-tenth of one percent. That's virtually no inflation. So, remember the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates because it's one, what they've been saying is that they're concerned about inflation. I don't see it. Is it non-existent? No, it does exist. We've seen it in gasoline prices. We've seen it in housing prices. But the housing prices are seem to be, the acceleration has fallen way off. And we might see in the next few months a downturn. In other words, prices coming down. So what is the Fed going to say about how they're going to keep justifying raising rates if they don't have, if inflation really doesn't show up? It has to show up. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if I mentioned it, but the Dow was up 147 points today. The Nasdaq was up 59 and the S&P up 15. So the S&P has been up like, what, five days in a row now? Remember, they had the Nasdaq isn't nearly as... Uh, Robust. A week or so ago, it was falling hard and recovering, then falling hard again, then recovering. them. It's, it's getting pretty volatile. So, And I, we should expect that. It's September. September and October, you need to expect volatility. When we're talking about the market crashes, you notice how often September and October and March was mentioned. There's certain times of year that things change. Okay? So you just need to be aware of them. I mean, 1987 was what, October 18th? I think that's when that happened, 20% one day. When today's program is over, by the way, I will be checking the news to see the stats on Hurricane Florence. I know you will probably too. And what, I think it's supposed to hit landfall around 12 noon tomorrow. Okay, that's when it's supposed to hit landfall. And I'm hoping it just keeps being downgraded. You know, was four, now it's two. You can go to a one. But right now, how about a question from you? Let's talk about what's going on in the market. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin in Seattle. I had a question about L Brands. Uh, they've had some pretty uh, rough days recently, and I know that they reduced their, their outlook question I have, I guess, pertains mostly to their dividend, which is pretty hefty, and uh, I'm just kind of wondering if you think that it's sustainable now that their uh, price target or their, you know, what they're going to earn in the year is going down, their payout ratio is getting higher. Uh, what do you think about uh, the sustainability of that, that dividend? Um, all right, thank you very much. I'll be listening on the podcast. Okay. L Brands operates 3,075. Uh, and franchises, 813 specialty retail stores. Their most famous store is uh, Victoria's Secret, which has been having trouble. The other divisions, other stores are doing quite well. But they're going to make $2.61 next year, making $2.56 this year. But that's down from three twenty last year. So let's take a look at $2.61. The stock price is $27. They're saying they pay eight, a little over 8% in dividends. So 8% of 27, okay, that's what you're looking at. 
and that's like two dollars and ten cents or so, whatever. Somewhere in there. Cash flow is five dollars and sixteen cents. They can easily sustain their dividend if they want to. They want if they want to. What's really amazing is that this stock is way below book value. Way, way below book value. So if they liquidated the company, you'd get more for the more for the you know per for the for the more for the shares than they're selling at by far, and that means it's a deep value play. Now, could it be a value trap? That's when it, when a stock looks like a value because it's so cheap based on its earnings. But really, the whole the story is not being told that its earnings are going to collapse. I I don't. I have a hard time believing that, having 3,075 franchises, 813 special retail stores in U.S., Canada, and U.K. I just don't see that happening. Uh, so, therefore, the P.E. is like, you know, what, 10? And the five-year range is 9 to 27. No, so, no, I, I think the dividend could could be sustainable. I, I'm hoping this is to keep, us, keep it because that's really what's, you know, if you, they cut that dividend, their stock's going to have another fall. Now, it looks like it tried to put a bottom at $26 a share. Here it is at $27.44. That's what it looks like. So we'll see. LB. By the way, we own L Brands in some of our managed accounts. And I haven't done well with it. Have not done well with it. So don't think, you know, you can be the best investor in the world. You're still going to get hit with some bad picks sometimes. And this is one of our bad ones. I'm Steve Peasley, and you are listening to Invest Talk. That's why you keep the buy three to, we keep it 3% or less of any one stock. So something that you get a bad one is not going to hurt you that bad. Okay, I talk about simple rules, okay, rules for success that every regular Invest Talk listener should hear and use. Just and I emphasize these rules. You know, rule one is always diversify. You want to limit your investment exposure in any one stock or, you know, and I, again, I use the 3% rule, but, you know, smaller accounts, you can go up to five. You know, bigger, you can go up to five if you want to. I don't, usually. Occasionally I do, but no. Another rule, don't make emotional investing decisions. Don't let fear and greed control you. Let that, the harm come to your portfolio because you're scared or you're, you're too happy. Greed. Don't let either emotion control you. How about another rule? Third rule. Don't try to time the market. It's impossible. It can't be done. Now, Investor here, we I promise a commitment to reason, common sense, and just you know, down to earth guidance. Okay? It cannot be done with those you know, emotions, it cannot be done with over uh, not diversifying. It can be done with you know two two. You got to have some rules. Set your own rules up. I don't even care, but you have to have common sense rules. You just do. Okay. The more you listen to the show, I'm hoping the more you'll learn. The phone lines are open, and the program is always made better by your questions. So please call eight 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 ninety nine chart. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. 
where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news. It's sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. The cost now through September is only $9 per month. And if you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. Remember, you'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Raphael in New Jersey. How you doing, Raphael? Hey, Steve. Thanks for a great show. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I wanted to talk. I've been looking at this company for a few years now, and I finally circled back and I was dead in my sights. It's XPO Logistics, the trucking firm. Yes. So let's talk about XPO Logistics, Inc., it's a $14 billion company, so it's a big cap company, big company. Provides transportation and logistics services to customers in North America, Europe, and Asia. Okay, so I'm not, I, you really want to know how much of the business comes from U.S., Europe, and Asia. Because those are three very different kinds of market for logistics. Okay, and a logistic company like this is very cyclical in nature, attached to the economic cycle. So it does well, does very well when the economy is growing. And, of course, so it's doing very well now. Up $3.45 earnings per share as estimated this year. That's up from $1.95. Before that, it was $0.99. Before that, it was losing money. Next year, it's going to make $4.32. Doing very, very well. Why, Raphael? Because the economy in the U.S. is doing well. Now, that's why... I'm suspecting that most of its business is in the U.S. It's a U.S.-based company out of Connecticut. So, Sales growth, 16, 14, 16% in the last three or four quarters in a row. So the stock in a year has gone from 62 to 111. So today it's 111 right at the top. Do you own it, Raphael? I, I do own it, yep. Okay, so it's right at its top. And it, it, you have to be careful because it made this top back in June. And it stayed at that top for like a week, a week and a half. Do you remember that? And then it fell off. Now it struggled right back to that top. If it, This is called a double top. If it doesn't break through in the next few days, it will likely break down. So now, where will it go? Probably into the high 90s, 97 that's where it was before and held. So just know that if that's where it's going. There are certain technicals tell me that it might break through. It just might break through. Okay? Good luck with it, Ralph, Raphael. Appreciate the call. XPO, everybody, is the symbol. Let's talk to Emma in Houston. How you doing, Emma? Good. How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, wanted to get your opinion about Skyward Solutions. 
Yeah, Skyworks. What's this? What's the symbol? S W S X No. No, That's maybe it's S-W-K-S. Yeah, S-W-K-S. W-K-S. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew that that was something wrong with that. S-W-K-S is the right symbol. Okay, um, let's see. I like, I've, I have liked Skyworks for some time, even though it's not performing very well. But today I had a real day up, 3.3% up today. It hit a, hit a double bottom and bounced strong today. Makes analog mix signals, amplifiers, tuners, detectors, diodes, couplers, mixers. You know, it makes those parts that go into a lot of different tech equipment. It is a $15 billion company. It's growing its earnings by 9 to 12% per year. Sales were really doing well a few quarters ago, but they've started to flatten off. And that's probably why the stock kind of took a dip. But... Here you're looking at a company going to make, the earnings are still going up, even if the sales are flattened. Uh, they're going to make $7.88 next year. It's an $87 stock. So that P is what, 11, 12? And uh, 32% return on equity. The fundamentals are pretty darn strong, and mutual funds have been adding slowly over the last year. I think this is a good, probably a good price to pick it up. Uh, it's only paying at 1.5% dividend. That's not very good. But you know, the price is pretty reasonable for the fundamentals. And I'm not sure why the sales fell off. I, I would, I really would look into that. Why is the sales flattened? Honest, what happened? You know, but other than that, the company looks really strong. Okay, Emma? Okay. Thank you for the call. I appreciate, appreciate it. Very call. helpful. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Well, how do stocks do in hurricanes? Here we're looking at Florence, Hurricane Florence. Do you remember how they, did you remember how much damage was done by Katrina? Remember that was the last big one. Okay, well, I'll tell you. The damage from Katrina was $161 billion. And Eve, that, well, that was huge. Okay, how much do you think they estimated for Florence, even though it was downgraded to, to, to a two, two, uh, uh, hurricane level of two? You'd be surprised. We're going to get to that right after the break. Our Thursday Invest Talk program is almost finished and ready to upload to our archive, archive podcast collection. But we've still got about 10 minutes. So let's talk about anything financial. Do you have any financial questions? 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the big players in the beer, wine, and liquor industry are betting on marijuana. But the SEC is warning cannabis investors to watch out for hype and scams. Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. So hurricanes. Florence is hitting us now by tomorrow morning. Katrina was the really most recent really bad one. Remember that? Uh, hit Florida. I did $161 billion in damage. Florence, because of its size, not because of its power, because it's been downgraded from a Category 4 to a Category 2, is still estimated to do $170 billion. More damage than Katrina. Isn't that interesting? 
because of its size. I mean, it's going to hit, I think it's the swath is like 500 miles wide. So the swath, and it's going to be a huge, huge, uh, uh, what do they call it, surge, a tidal surge. So there's going to be lots of flooding. That means lots of damage over a very wide space. But what about hurricanes? Do they cause the stock markets to crash? Well, on average, the 15 most expensive hurricanes, the ones that cost the most, that did the most damage, the market has fallen two-tenths of 1%. The month after, the stock market is up 3.9%. That is amazing. So there's going to be a rally after this one. Isn't it? That, you know, history does not have to repeat itself, everybody. It just doesn't. But I found that that was, that was a pretty darn amazing stat. Okay? So that 3.9% 3, 3, 3 of, of the, the, the real numbers are down two-tenths of 1% for like the 30 days before and after, okay? Then three months later, actually, it's up 3.9%. Not one month later. Three months later, up 3.9%. Now, if you think about it, it makes logical sense because when's hurricane season? Fall, September, October. What's the best time of the year for the market? Late, late through last three months of the year and the first three months of the year. So it's following that pattern. Doesn't always have to be, but it is following that part pattern. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Uh, everybody has heard of, you know, 4G, right? 4G, oh gosh, 4G is much better than 3G. And the telephone companies and data providers rolled out 4G. Now they're going to be rolling out 5G. And basically, 5G is going to be rolled out in five main countries right now. Now, U.S., Japan, South Korea, and China. Those are the five main countries that are rolling out 5G right now. What does it mean? It just means fifth generation wireless service. But what what does it represent? What's, how's our lives going to be changed? And the most obvious change, believe it or not, will be self-driving cars. Because 5G gives you real-time instant, um, instant uh, playback or return so that when the cars are self-driving cars are going down the road they get instant uh instant uh, uh uh results knowing where they are it's very very fast also 5g use a lower bandwidth what does that mean okay i'll get through the the, the 4g remember 4g is you see all these towers right up and around towers that you know hanging around 5g is not like that 5g is much smaller stations and use a network of these stations, okay? Much smaller and a lot more of them. So you won't see a lot of big towers, more big towers being put up. But you'll see these little, uh, little specialized antennas on light poles and power poles and different things, okay? That's what you're going to see. Now, what else will it help? What else will, besides driving cars? Well, it's going to be super fast. Okay, so you're going to have extremely fast reception. So anytime data downloads, video downloads, all uh, you know, uh, any kind of you know TV, 
it's going to be super, super fast response time. So that you want to watch movies, you want to watch videos, you know, it's just going to, you're going to notice uh, smoother, no, very little buffering, that kind of thing. That's what you're going to notice. But it's really going to help the self-driving industry when they get off the ground. I'm Steve Peasley, and that's, guess what? The show's over. We ran out of time. Of course, the show always is driven by your questions, so I appreciate it. Please remember to call and leave your questions on our 800 number. And remember, I'm in San Jose on October 3rd. I'd love to sit down with you. Look at your portfolio. Register now at investtalk.com. Thanks for listening, and please come back tomorrow, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.